I've seen it time and time again where, you know, I get passed on the bike, but then I just know that, you know, in the first five or six miles of the run, I'm going to be passing them right back because they're out of gas. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1203, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by Coach Diz, the uh, the Coterie, the one-to-one level, the concierge level, all are open as of today. Uh, I mean, they've been open, but we've got we've got a few openings available at each level. Lost a couple of folks lately for a couple of, of you know, various reasons. Nothing nothing to be concerned about. Happens part of the, the nature of the business, uh, but would love to get some more folks in the door. And if that's something that you're thinking about doing, hey, now's, now's the time to do it. You know, as this episode comes out, we're we're heading towards the the end of the month and the end of the or, I'm sorry, the end of the year. You know, got about six six seven weeks left in 2023, and it's a chaotic time of year. You know, I get it. it; it is. It's chaotic for me. It's chaotic for all of us between you know various holidays and family gatherings and just end of the year nonsense that always seems to happen every year. Um, it's it's a busy time, and so you might be thinking, hey, you know, I'll just I'll just wait until till next year. Maybe you know, maybe maybe we'll I'll jump on board the old coach train next year, Des. And I mean, ultimately, that's fine. You know, theoretically, the doors will still be open next year. I'm, I'm pretty certain they probably will be, so that that, that won't be an issue. Um, but then that that almost, in a certain sense, is kind of waving the white flag on the rest of this year. You know, if your if your goal races are done and you're like, ah, you know, I'll worry about it in 2024. Um, you know, but why why put it off? Why wait? Why why kind of just say, ah, you know, these last six seven weeks of the year they kind of don't matter. And and I mean, in the big picture, maybe they don't. But like maybe we can establish a, re- a rapport. Maybe we can establish a routine. Maybe we can can move you forward or at least maintain you uh, until we get to twenty twenty four, and then we'll be ready to to just really you know go as opposed to kind of working figuring out the kinks. And and there's always some kinks, you know, when somebody new signs up with coaching. I mean, that's just that's just part of the the process, kind of figuring out how I work, figuring out how you work. Even if we've kind of gone back and forth and known each other for for years, um, you know, when you when you take the relationship to the next level. <laughs> Um, you know, there's, there's just a little bit of, of, I don't want to say awkwardness, but just feeling out process and kind of getting to know each other as coach athlete versus as, you know, two nonsense clowns on social media. So, uh, I think there's a lot to be gained is what I'm trying to say. In fact, I know there's a lot to be gained by starting that coaching relationship. Now, if that's something that you're interested in doing, uh, instead of waiting until the new year. So if that's something that you're interested in or something that you're ready to move forward on, disruns.com slash coaching has all of the general information on the different levels of coaching, uh, price points, all, all that good stuff. If you want a little bit more fine print, not that there's a lot of fine print, but if you want a little bit more of the fine print about each of the levels, there's also links on, on that disruns.com coaching page um, that'll take you to each of the, the different levels. You can see all of the, the, the details, all of the fine print, compare, contrast, and decide which is right for you. And uh, if you're ready to go, let's rock and roll. Let's make it happen. Uh, but disruns.com slash coaching is a great place to start. Of course, if you have any questions, let me know, and I will do my best to explain to you, to answer your questions, and help you make the decision, not make the decision for you, but help you make the decision for yourself as to whether or not it's time time to saddle up and get to work. 
Hope it is. Hope it is. Looking forward to working with you if that's something that you're considering now or in the new year, but let's do it now. Let's do it now. Anyway, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest has gotten himself into uh, one of those situations that maybe some of us would be envious of. I, I guess I'm in that situation, too, where running is more than just something that he does for, uh, you know, kind of for his, his own self and his, his health and, and does in his spare time. Uh, today's guest is the director of marketing and partnerships for the BMW Dallas Marathon Festival. Um, so clearly he's got running, you know, going on in his mind at work and probably not so much at work because, you know, we all take our work home with us sometimes mentally, if nothing else. Uh, but he's got running on his mind more often than not. So no shortage of things to talk about today, getting into his story and obviously getting into to Dallas Marathon a little bit as well. So uh, let's get the party started and welcome Mr. Jason Shuhard to the show. Uh, Jason, thanks for joining us today and, and welcome to the party. Good morning, Denny. Thank you for having me. Yeah, certainly. Looking forward to it. And uh, y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you're like, yeah, gosh, I need, I need to get this Dallas Marathon on my on my schedule, or the half marathon, or the 50K. I mean, we've got a whole whole conglomeration. We've got races for the kids. We've got all the things. Um, and of course, all the information can be found on, on the, the uh, Dallas Marathon website, which is rundallas.com. Uh, and on the social medias, uh, on Instagram, at rundallastx. So, you know, Texas, we've got we to add that in there. Make sure you get that right. Uh, and on Twitter or X or whatever Elon's calling it these days, it's just at RunDallas. So RunDallas.com, RunDallas on Twitter, RunDallasTX on the Instagrams. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1203, Dizruns.com slash 1203. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. And, of course, we'll have links to all of the Run Dallas information or the, the Dallas Marathon information and uh, social medias and anything else we talk about today that makes sense to link to and photos and the whole nine, Dizruns.com slash 1203. So, Jason, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show kind of cues up the conversation and, and at least gives us some direction in which to begin is uh, with a pretty simple question. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer for folks. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated. But, again, it just it's a good place to start the conversation. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, of course, for me, it's the marathon. Um, it's, you know, really what I uh, grew up. Uh, you know, watching my mom compete in, and it was really just um, the highlight of, of really my running career. Um, you know, started off in cross country, and you know, certainly running with my family at an early age. But um, as I got out of my college years and really kind of started to get into to running, um, you know, more seriously, uh, the marathon was just always something special for me—a special distance uh, I've done many marathons, um, Dallas, of course, being my first in 2004, but I just have always loved this event. Um, you know, it started out for me as, as an opportunity to compete in something that uh, a large percentage of the population has, has never done. And so there was always that kind of draw, but it also was just, um, you know, was a, it was a big enough challenge for me to, you know, train for six to eight months out of the year and, and really, um, you know, push myself to do something, um, pretty incredible. And, you know, there's just so many gr great stories that come out of, uh, both marathon training and marathon competing. And I just love it. Um, you know, it, the other distances are a lot of fun and, and for different reasons, but the marathon will always hold a, a special place uh, for me and, and my, uh, rather former running career, if you will. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, and like I said, it kind of leading into that question, it, it can be a tricky one because there's a lot of good options in, in, um, but everybody kind of has their one, right? Like, you know, for some, it's the half for some, it's the ridiculous hundred miles and just nonsense distances. And, um, I think I'm right there with you too, with, with the marathon for a whole host of reasons. But, um, you mentioned kind of watching your mom compete as, as, as a kid it was, 
you know, not that this is all about her, but let's let's throw mom a little bit of love. What, what was you know, mom was running back in the day. What, what, you know, is that something that so clearly it's kind of been, I guess, part of your family for for as long as you know, I'm assuming kind of since you've been around. Yeah, I mean, she you know started running back in kind of the mid to late '80s. You know, when running was really starting to take off in its peak. Um, you know, she didn't come from a running background by any means. Uh, she met some folks, um, you know, early on that also enjoyed the sport and she just instantly fell in love with it. And, you know, growing up as a kid, um, you know, uh, that was her thing. You know, every Saturday morning she was out uh, down at White Rock Lake running with her, uh, her running group and, um, you know, dad's out playing golf, whatever. So everybody kind of had their thing. And, so just at an early age, kind of always just watching her race. And, you know, um, when we were younger, we would always have the little cheer zones and, you know, running around the course during her different events, whether it be running or triathlon events. Um, but, you know, that really just kind of um, moved on over the years, you know, where she would start, you know, grabbing the family and all coming out for a fun kind of holiday themed event. And we all would just enjoy a, a day out or a night out together running. But, yeah, she was always an inspiration for me early on and, and really kind of led me to really enjoying the sport uh, myself, whether it be through cross country, uh, longer distance running, and then eventually into triathlon. Gotcha. I, I have heard, you know, several times over the course of, of the years of doing the show, and I think I've probably said it myself as well, whereas as a parent, uh, I've got a, I've got a nine-year-old and it's, it's, you know, it's like, I don't want to force my kid to, to run, of course, like you know, m- most, most parents, I think at least at this, this day and age are trying not to like force their kids to do certain activities. Um, but so many times I've, you know, talking to parents again, whether it's on the show, social media, wherever, where it's like, you know, I just, I just hope to be setting a good example for my, for my kids. And, and, you know, it's, it's just, it, it struck me as soon as you're like, yeah, watching mom run and just like, I'm just it, like, it's like, you know, that's, that's one of those things that hopefully, um, you know, at least maybe a little bit of, of selfishness on my part that, you know, my daughter can say 20 years from now, 30 years from now that like, you know, watching dad run and watching you know, my wife runs as well, watching, watching my parents get up on the weekends and, you know, uh, they're out before the sun rises and before the neighborhood wakes up and they're getting their miles in and, and, um, you know, racing once in a while, like, like just the example that, that it, that it sets and, and, you know, maybe if she, if she takes it up great and if not, obviously that's great too. But anyway, thank you for sharing that little bit about your, your mom, Jason, and kind of how that, that helped get your, get your feet wet a little bit on the running front. And so, you know, getting into high school, it sounds like racing competitively, cross country, things like that. Did you, did you race competitively in, in college as well? No. Um, I mean, I dabbled in a little bit of triathlon. Um, you know, once I got to college, I went to school out of Texas tech, um, you know, was still working out a little bit, um, mostly doing, you know, intramural sports or whatnot, but, um, running per se kind of took a little bit of a backseat and, you know, like, like most in college, you know, you just get a little distracted and involved in other activities, but, you know, I was still running a little bit, but it wasn't until after I graduated where I really kind of just, um, dove head first really, and, and really started running a lot. I mean, I, I, I remember coming out of college, uh, in 02 and, you know, you're trying to get, you know, situated in the corporate world and kind of figure out what, you know, what the next step's going to be. And, uh, running was at the time was a great outlet for me to just kind of, uh, burn off some stress and, and really, uh, just think about things and, and clear my head a little bit. And, um, so that's kind of where it started. And then I, I, you know, really, once I started running several days a week and, and more consistent, you know, I just fell in love with it. And I was like, well, you know, um, I've always thought about doing a marathon, hadn't done one at that point. And so um, decided to go ahead and sign up for one, which was like 
you know, a year down the road or 10 months down the road. So it was great because then obviously now I had something to work towards, but, um, yeah, didn't, didn't really dive into it much until after college. Um, you know, high school was mostly shorter distance to three mile, uh, cross country, which, um, loved to compete. I was probably about the eighth or ninth best person on the team because, uh, short distance wasn't my specialty. I, I, I definitely, um, was better at the longer distance events, but, um, yeah, so it, it just was uh, something that really started for me uh, post college. Gotcha. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, and that's that's certainly not. I, I don't think an uncommon thing. And, and again, I know plenty of people that I've talked to have started, you know, in in you know high school and just ran all the way through. And some people don't even. Like, I was one that hated running until all of a sudden, like running was kind of okay. And then you know, somewhere in the in the the late twenties, it was like, oh, running is actually kind of something I enjoy. And then you know, don't don't really look back. But. Um, if I've got my timeline somewhat sort of correct, we're talking about first marathon, something about plus or minus 20 years ago, um, which, you know, as, as we're recording this kind of getting later in the year in 2023, um, what, what was, what was, yeah, I, those of us listening now or in the future kind of know what marathons are like now. And, and especially a, a lot of the bigger marathons, Dallas certainly being one of them where it's like a big city there's a big feel there's a pretty decent crowd, lots of things that go along with it. Um, but quite frankly, I mean, marathon running was the farthest thing from my mind 20 years ago. Like there was, there was no, I, I have no idea what running was like 20 years ago. So for your first marathon, what was, what was the, you know, what was the, the, the atmosphere like, what was a race like, you know, in the, in the early two thousands. And also obviously how did, how did that first 26.2 go for you? Well, yeah, I mean, it, thanks. It, it looked a lot different, um, than it does now. I mean, you know, nobody will ever forget their first marathon, you know, as you are probably well aware, you, you can't replicate race day uh, in training. So there was a lot of unknowns, obviously, going into it. Uh, but I had a great support uh, group. Not only were my parents out there, but uh, another um, friend of ours, family friend of ours, who was was a big runner, um, actually ran me in the last few miles to just try to really kind of take my mind off of things. Uh, because at that point, I think, you know, I going into that race, I think the longest I'd ever run was probably 20, maybe 21 miles. And so the last few, you're just kind of riding on adrenaline. But uh, it was great. I mean, like I was saying earlier, my first one was in Dallas. It was 2004. Uh, at the time, our event was over at the American Airlines Center. Um, you know, we had a, a really nice day for a run. Uh, I do remember that. Uh, it was difficult, of course. Um, you know, your body uh, starts kind of going through things about midway where you're just like, ah, I've got some different, um, you know, my, my either my hips or my, my hamstrings are screaming at me or something. And, you know, you're you're trying to get all your uh, nutrition, you know, correct as you were doing through training. And so there was just a lot of thoughts going through my mind. But, you know, with Dallas and this stands true today, we've got a lot of opportunities um, for spectators to come out and enjoy the course and provide that support to their runner. And knowing that my dad and my brother and I had done this so many years previously for my mom, they kind of had a plan down as to where to go to, to see me every few miles, which meant a lot. And, you know, also had a number of other, uh, friends and, or, um, you know, running friends of my mom's along the way to, uh, cheer me on. Some of these folks had houses on the course, um, that, you know, they'd have little cheer parties out in the front yard or whatnot. But I just remember it, you know, just being a great day. I mean, obviously it was a, it was a tough day, but you know, these things are, are meant to be a challenge and that's what makes the finish line moment feel so special is because 
you as an individual know what it takes to get to the start line and everything that you've been through. And, you know, there's just a lot of emotions there, but um, there's just nothing like that finish line feeling. And I just remember as tough as it was those last several miles to get there, uh, I knew after I finished, I was hooked and there was going to be another one coming pretty soon because uh, I fell in love with it pretty, pretty instantaneously. I feel like if I'm going to paint with a broad enough brush, there's, there's two first marathon stories, right? There's, there's either, sounds like yours where like, yeah, it was, a, it was a struggle and, and it, you know, there were some points where it was tough, but like, this was awesome and I can't wait to do it again. And then there's like the complete other end of the spectrum where like, this is stupid and it was stupid from mile 15 on and I'm never going to do this again. And then of course, you know, somewhere down the line, we, we do it again and, and eventually maybe we get hooked. But, uh, you know, you had, you had the more positive first marathon experience, which is awesome. And probably, you know, again, go shout out to mom, you know, seeing some, seeing her preparations or at least having somebody you can ask like, Hey, what should I do for some training? Things like that, that, uh, maybe help make that, that first run or first marathon a little bit, bit easier. So you said, uh, can't wait to do this again. How long did you wait to do it again? Was it, was it next year? Was it six months later? What was, what was, what was round two? It was pretty much the next year. I mean, you know, for me in, in the early to mid two thousands, you know, I, I got into running pretty heavy at that point. I really enjoyed it. And, um, I was single at the time and, and it was just one of those that I just, um, you know, was running multiple days a week. And so I got into it pretty heavy. You know, I will say, you know, my mom really encouraged me to try to run one marathon a year and, and really not try to double dip or really try to overdo it. Um, I think that would be her one regret from back in the day when she was running is that she ran a lot of long distance events within a shorter time period. And unfortunately she had to have some pretty significant back surgery and is no longer able to run. And not that running caused that, but it certainly didn't help the situation by the amount of um, events that she was running at the time and the stress that it put on her body. So, you know, for me, you know, I would kind of trickle in, you know, some, some 10 Ks or maybe a half or two here and there, because those are generally a little easier on your body and, and you can recover quicker. But uh, for me, I was really trying to really just focus on one marathon a year. Um, I had some friends that had also recently graduated college that got into running as well. And so uh, we all kind of reconnected there uh, after college and were able to run several marathons in a number of different cities all over the country and really have some fun with it, see some new towns and, um, you know, just make a long weekend of it and, and have some fun. So it ended up kind of starting in 2004 and really until about 2010, 2011, it was, I was pretty heavy into running and then eventually into triathlon. Well, it, yeah, yeah. You mentioned triathlon a couple of times and there, there it is again. Um, did, did you kind of go for, for after that, you know, six, seven year window, like then all into triathlon or did triathlon start, where did, where did triathlon start to bleed into the picture a little bit? <laughs> well, so as a kid, um, I did a few events. My mom also participated in, in the, um, some, some local triathlons and way back in the day I had the opportunity to participate in an iron kids event, uh, which Dallas, funny enough, was one of the first cities to host one of those. And we're talking way back in the day, probably around 1990. And uh, it's kind of fun. I got to be featured in the old National Geographic magazine uh, way, way back. Um, and so I don't know, I just had some fun moments there. And um, I was never really the strongest swimmer, but um, cycling and running, I was always really good at and, and felt strong in. And 
uh, it was just a natural kind of progression for me from the marathon into Ironman. And, and again, I was always kind of chasing that opportunity to do something that very little have done and really just wanted to push myself. And for me at the time, you know, again, I was still single. Um, I wasn't, you know, um, working to the point where I didn't have time for anything else, but, uh, it was just a good time in my life. I was healthy. Uh, things were, you know, just clicking for me at that time with, with running and just thought I'd give it a shot. And so my goal in 2008 was to do my first Ironman, which I did out in Arizona. And, um, since then I have done a few halves and, and I've done two, um, full Ironmans, but it was just kind of a natural progression for me and just really trying to push myself further and further. Um, but even within those events themselves, while those are even some of my greatest athletic achievements, you know, it, as my old uh, running or triathlon coach would say, you know, it all comes down to the marathon and what you got left in the tank. And, um, you know, folks can be great swimmers. They can be great cyclists, but running is at the root of everything and it's going to come down to it even in triathlon. So again, that's just kind of where, you know, I always lean towards running and, and more specifically the marathon as, as my favorite distance. So I, I've asked this question of a few folks that have done some, some Ironman triathlons as well. And, and like on the surface, it's a terrible question. So, so bear with me, but hopefully maybe you can kind of see, see where I'm trying to get here. Um, but what is, what is in your experience, the difference between running a marathon as a standalone event, you know, whatever type of race, you know, whatever, whichever race it is, but just a standalone marathon versus 26.2 after you've already, you know, swam for 2.4 miles and biked for 112 miles. Like, like I can't, you know, I can wrap my head around a marathon. Certainly. I can't wrap my head around a marathon after the first two legs of an Ironman. Um, so again, at a surface level, terrible question. What's the difference between a marathon and a marathon as part of an Ironman? Yeah, well, it's just a totally different mindset. I mean, after getting off the bike for what could be anywhere from four to six hours, depending on, you know, uh, a number of things, you know, your legs are still moving in the <laughs> cycling mo motion, right? So you feel weird. You almost got like these spaghetti legs getting off your bike. Uh, fortunately, you go through a transition period where, you know, you go into the tent, you get ready to run and, you know, kind of stripping down off all the cycling gear and getting ready to go. I mean, it, it's a completely different mindset. It, it certainly takes you a couple of miles to get your legs back under you. Um, you know, with, with Ironman and, you know, granted, I was quote unquote racing those, but still, you know, you, you know, you're going to be out there for a long time, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, for, for those that don't know, obviously you've got up to 17 hours to complete an Ironman. Um, you know, for me, I was kind of around the 11 and a half hour mark, but um, it's just a completely different mindset. I mean, I think for me and, you know, fortunately I had a great triathlon coach in Dallas that was helping me, um, for both of my events, but, um, you know, you never just want to just go as hard as you can on the bike. I mean, you're, you're very tempted to sometimes cause you know, some of these really expensive bikes can go pretty fast and it feels good and you're passing people left and right. And, you know, depending on the terrain, you can, you know, put in some pretty fast times, but, um, I've seen it time and time again where, you know, I get passed on the bike, but then I just know that, you know, in the first five or six miles of the run, I'm going to be passing them right back cause they're out of gas. And it's just, it's different strategy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, obviously you're not going to run as fast of a marathon in an Ironman and rightfully so, but, um, it's just a different mindset, but, um, 
yeah, you're just trying to really push through it. And, um, you know, for me, I just knew once I got to the run portion of the course, there was just a lot of confidence that, hey, I've been here before. I can do this. Uh, I know what it feels like at the different stages of a marathon. And, and while this may hurt a little bit more based on everything I've already done, um, you know, leading up to the marathon portion of the triathlon, that I was confident in my ability to uh, finish the marathon as strong as possible. And um, yeah, just was, was able to get to it through it. Um, not, it wasn't easy, but certainly could get through it, um, you know, at, at, a, at a comfortable pace and something I was proud of. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's it almost sounds, and I don't know why I've never made this connection before. Something about how you how you answer, maybe with the you know st- letting somebody pass you on the bike and then coming back and catching them, you know, early part of the run. Um, but it almost kind of could could be a parallel. And and you know, if I'm missing the mark on this, then please correct me. But almost like you know the difference between racing a, a 5K and a marathon, whereas like you know it's just it's a different distance. It's a it's a compl- you know it's it's the same, but it's completely different. And you got to pace yourself accordingly and, and restrain yourself accordingly. And if, if somebody blows by you early, then either they're way fitter than you are and you're never going to see them again, <laughs> or you're, you know, they're going to crash and burn and, and you're going to see them again. But one way or the other, if you ad- adapt there, if you change your strategy based on what somebody else is doing, um, you know, whether it's, it's again, 5k versus marathon or, or Ironman versus a, you know, just a standalone running race, um, it's probably not going to end well for you. Yeah. I mean, and it can be hard to ignore, right? You know, the, the feeling of getting passed is not great, but you know, with, with Ironman specifically, you know, you've got everybody's age written on your calf, right? right? So there is a little bit in that in like, okay, that person's not in my age group. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. Let them go. But to your point, yes, there are some people that are at a completely different level than you. And, and that's just part of it. Right. I mean, you got 2000 people competing and, uh, I wasn't an elite athlete and, um, you know, I, I felt like I was competitive, but I, I wasn't in the same ballpark as elite athlete. So I'm not going to try to put that kind of pressure on me, but you know, within triathlon, everybody's got a specialty, right? Someone may be a dynamite swimmer, really solid on the bike or is a great runner. And fortunately for me, my best event was the last one, which is also the most important. Again, it all comes down to the run and what you have left in the tank. You know, and speaking, you know, to the marathon specifically, you know, most people know that marathon really starts about mile 20. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, let people break out of the gate and go bananas, right? You got all this adrenaline going. I mean, even at our event, right? We've got pyro and CO2 cannons going off and music's playing and, you know, we're really trying to juice everybody up, which is all great. But, you know, you could really mess up your day in the first couple of miles if you're not um, following your training and and you get caught up in, oh man, all these people are passing me or, you know, you you know, and this is why also I say to, to everybody that's relatively new to the sport is, you know, before you come run a marathon or a half marathon, you do need to do a couple of five K's so that you can kind of figure out or feel what that race day experience is like so that there's no surprises on race day, or at least fewer surprises on race day because you know to your point yeah you can you can mess things up pretty quickly and um you know you just want to make sure that you're also in the right headspace and and not worried about all that other stuff that's going on um whether it be the energy of the event itself or uh, another um you know runner that may be passing you early on yeah yeah it's it's a great point about the the starting line and, and um 
I mean, I've, I've told this story enough times. I don't need to get all into details, but my, my first marathon was Disney marathon and I was undertrained anyway. <laughs> I didn't, didn't realize I was undertrained, which is not a good, a good recipe. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, they do, they do, they do it big at the starting line. It's fireworks and it's music and it's, it's the whole nine for every, every, you know, wave that goes out and man, you know, you start running two and a half minutes per mile faster than you expected to run, which you're, and when you, your expectations were already loftier than they should have been. And then you run a couple minutes per mile faster for the first two or three miles until you settle down. Um, yeah, that's, that's when I wish I could have had a mulligan on and, and done over, but you know, lessons <laughs> learned and, and, and figured things out. But, yeah. um, you know, so, so things are going well, you get, you get the triathlons going, you got the running going, um, on the professional side of life where, were you, were you in a, a you know, I mean, I don't know where, when Dallas came into as far as your position with the Dallas marathon, but were, were you professionally in any type of running event or, or you know, running type of, of field or were you kind of, you know, running was running and exercise was exercise and work was work. Well, I've always been in the sports industry. Um, I got my degree in sports marketing and I've been very fortunate to work in a variety of different jobs and with different, you know, whether it be teams or agencies or whatnot, um, you know, prior to my time with the Dallas Marathon, which I started here in 2015, um, I worked with a, a local uh, running outfit that uh, had some some local running stores uh, across the DFW Metroplex, but also owned a few smaller events, um, you know, 5K, 10Ks, things like that. And we did some additional uh, race consulting. So I, I got into that for a couple of years Um kind of around kind of 2010, 2012. So I had some race management experience, but I've, you know, I've been around these events long enough. And, you know, even, you know, prior to my time here with the marathon, I was with the Dallas Mavericks and we were looking to add events outside the NBA schedule. And, um, you know, we were challenged by our owner, Mark Cuban to uh, stay relevant 12 months out of the year. And so, me with having a running background, I decided to start a 5k event uh, within the Mavericks organization. And we did that for a couple of years, which was a lot of fun because, you know, we had a ticket component with it and it benefited the foundation. And it was just really easy for me to take something that I was already very familiar with and create this um, new event within, you know, the, the, the Mavs or organization and annual calendar. But yeah, so to answer your original question, yeah, I had had a few different opportunities along the way uh, to kind of learn and, and understand how um, this business operates. But um, 2015 is, you know, when I came over here, uh, but, you know, was really fortunate also to work with a lot of great people along the way that, that taught me, uh, obviously, the right way to do things. And, and uh, even during my time here, I've, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of great people that um, have helped me, you know, further understand this industry and also have kind of helped me grow and be able to adapt because uh, it's a this industry has changed quite a bit over the years. How much do, do, would you say being a runner, having run a bunch of races, run Dallas before you were part of the organization and and and, and whatnot, um, has helped you in in the role that you have? Because you know, obviously, you can you can look at it from the marketing perspective and and from the the things that you have to do for for doing your your job. But also, you know what it's like to be a runner. And I mean, I think if, if anybody who's running enough races, like not that you can always tell, but you can kind of tell that like runners help put this race together or this race, like nobody who's in charge of anything with this race has ever run at all before. So how does how does that help you in your position as as being a runner? Yeah, I don't think it's required 
by any means, but I definitely think it helps. I mean, you know, to have an understanding of just general, you know, road racing and, and, and the operations of a road race, I mean, it helps a lot. And, you know, our event way back in the day, 52 years ago was, you know, started, you know, uh, by runners for runners. That was kind of our original theme. And, you know, um, there are things that, you know, someone that is not as close to the industry would certainly miss. And so while the entire team doesn't need to have an extensive running background, it certainly helps because there are going to be little things along the way that you're going to um, have a better understanding uh, of, you know, kind of getting into the mind of a runner and, you know, what their needs are both pre-race during Rate during the event and then of course post race so it certainly helps it's it's not a requirement um you know our, our business has grown so much where you know we need folks that specialize in other areas uh whether it's you know uh social media or sponsorships or uh you know just really you know operations uh, working with the city and, and a number of their departments but um having a running background certainly helps and I, I think the events that have um, people within their organization that, that have a running background, you can, like you said, you can certainly tell. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about the Dallas Marathon a little bit, and and uh, you know maybe maybe encourage some folks, maybe myself included, to to make the trip to to DFW and and run this race somewhere in the next, you know. I don't know if I don't know if the, the timing is right to make it happen this year. The race happens early December, so we're looking at uh, you know five six weeks out from the time people are hearing this to to maybe run it. So maybe it's cutting it a little bit short for this year, but you know 52 years running, you know pretty good chance that there'll probably be a 2024 version, 2025 version. Good Lord willing. So um, like you said, started 52 years ago and and progressed to where we are today. Um, I, I don't know I don't know where we want to start. Anywhere in particular, any any big highlights you want to hit in terms of just the Dallas Marathon in general and the, the history of it, besides you know just the little bit you just mentioned that's kind of started by runners for runners. Sure. Well, so our event we're the longest running uh, marathon in the state of Texas. We're the official marathon of the city of Dallas. Um, as mentioned, we're celebrating our fifty two our fifty second anniversary this year, and the event has grown quite a bit, uh, especially over the last five to ten years. Uh, for the longest time, uh, we were just a marathon, and then uh, we are actually celebrating our 20th anniversary of our half marathon this year. So, uh, added a half uh, in the early 2000s, and then um, shortly thereafter, added a, a relay concept, and and that was really kind of the programming for um, you know, a number of years. Uh, but I would say over the last five to 10 years, we've really expanded what the weekend looks like. I mean, now we're up to 12 running and walking events across three days. So there's a lot going on, really trying to be more family inclusive and really trying to uh, provide options for both a seasoned runner and a beginner, whether that be a mile concept, whether that's a relay event with your friends or family or you want to challenge yourself to one of the longer distance events. So we really have something for everybody. Um, you know, we're really excited about December. Uh, our registration numbers are up this year, which is great. So, you know, yes, we'd obviously love anyone listening out there that would like to come down and, and participate with us to, to join us the second weekend of December. Uh, but I will say that, um, you know, there will be a number of events that most likely will sell out this year, so, uh, which is a good thing. But we've just got so many great things uh, for this year. We, we're debuting a new course. 
that we feel like is faster and uh, feel like the overall average finishing time will come down a little bit. Um, like I was mentioning, we it is the 20th anniversary of our half marathon event. Uh, we've added two new walking concepts, both in the 5K and the half marathon. And then also new for this year, all kids 14 and under uh, can run for free uh, in any event except for the marathon, but it's just a way for us to continuing to continue to give back um, and really introduce our sport uh, to the youth and, and hopefully let them come out and enjoy everything that we've got going on, provide a great experience and, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll see them again down the road. Yeah. I love, I love that family, you know, family friendliness of it, of, of, you know, cause like I said, you know, not that, not that my daughter would be into anything, maybe more, maybe up to the 5k, maybe probably not even that, but like, you know, it, when you don't have to worry about, you know, I don't want to say burn, burning a registration fee if, if you know, she decides she doesn't want to do it, but like, Hey, you know, like, like if we were to come and she's going to, you know, make a family thing out of it, like, Hey, jump in the, the mile and go out and have fun and, and, um, no pressure and, and things like that. And, and, you know, again, anybody who has has kids and has that family component going on with with the with you know with just balancing running and all the other aspects of life, um, you know, if you can make a, a family trip out of it and include the family in the running, you know, that's always I think that's that's got to be win win as much as possible. Yeah, and that's part of it. I mean, obviously, the the cost of doing these events has just gone up significantly, um, both you know, on the race production side and on the participation side. So, you know, we're don't necessarily want the, the, the price point to be a factor for you to bring out your family. I mean, anybody that's got a family understands that even if you just go out to eat or you go to the movies or you, you know, go on vacation, <laughs> it just multiplies, you know, cause you got so many different folks, uh, that you're, you're, um, paying for. So we just didn't want that to be a, a barrier in, Again, it's just, I, I mean, I had so many fond memories as a kid running with my family, and I just think it's really neat that we're doing this. And, um, you know, again, it just allows um, us to introduce our sport to a younger audience. And, you know, whether it's the mile or the two mile or the 5K or whatever the event is, um, it's just great to get, you know, kids involved in a health and fitness initiative. And so, yeah, um, wanted to offer up an opportunity for families to come down and enjoy a fun morning together. I, I love that you're doing. It. I think that's I think that's awesome. Um, you mentioned in there, Jason, that, that the course is new this year uh, and, and hopefully going to be a little bit faster. And, and you know, I'm I, I'll I'll put myself in here as far as like I'm not familiar with all the twists and the turns of the previous iterations of the Dallas Marathon uh, course. But but you know, what what were some of the changes in terms of just kind of in general? getting rid of, I don't know, a bunch of hills, getting rid of some twists and turns. Like, like what are some of the changes that you made that, that hopefully will, you know, lead to a little bit faster courses here? Well, first and foremost, I think most will, that have, you know, run with us in the past will, will understand it. You know, we've eliminated quite a few turns. Um, that's probably the first part of it. Second, to your point or to your to your comment there about the hills you know a lot of folks think that we have a, a fairly hilly course which we don't we don't have a flat course right. right if you want a flat course you can go run on a treadmill but you know we we do have some areas that that do have some incline but you know where we go out you know towards white rock lake which is where this whole event started back in the 70s it, there's there's no way to avoid it. So there's going to be a little bit of hills here and there. So 
we were able to tweak it a bit to remove some of the hills that runners experience uh, roughly around mile 20 to 21 on our course. Um, we also are providing some additional downtown uh, views and, and uh, some additional Dallas landmarks to, to take in along the course. Uh, we always pride ourselves in going through some pretty iconic neighborhoods and really offering just a unique uh, running tour, if you will, of, of the city of Dallas. And um, we've been grandfathered in to be able to run through certain areas that other events are not able to do. So, you know, there's certain parts of the course that we did keep. Uh, I mean, we've been around for 52 years, and while the course changes, you know, there's always going to be some familiar areas that, you know, you may have run previous, uh, previously and or, you know, sections like White Rock Lake or even Highland Park, for that matter, that, you know, we're going to want to make sure that we keep in because, you know, it's a special part of our race weekend experience. Right. How much of a hassle? I'm assuming a hassle. Maybe it's not that difficult, but um, is changing a course in a city like Dallas, where like from a from a logistic, like you said, talked about operations earlier and getting things approved by the city, and like, you know, I, I, I've never been really well involved with the the you know that that side of putting on a race, but I've I've talked to to folks you know in, in where I used to live, where we had a local race, and it was like, oh yeah, the city basically said we couldn't run here and we couldn't run there, and like how how are we going to stretch together a you know, a 13.1 mile stretch where we can't cross this road and we can't cross that road. And like, well, what the heck are we going to do? So all that to say in a city like Dallas has to be a little bit more of a, that has to be a, a big concern. And now you change the course for what we've kind of gotten approved before. Um, again, I, I just feel like it's got to be a hassle, but how much, how much was it a hassle? Um, I would probably defer to my coworker, Marcus Grunewald on this Grunewald. Um, he is our executive race director and is really kind of at the forefront of working with the city and, and trying to, um, you know, figure out a course that, that makes sense both for us and for, uh, you know, traffic flow patterns and whatnot. Um, it, it is a lot of work in a city like Dallas. I mean, this city is, is a, it's a big one and, there's a lot of factors to take in. Um, you know, we have to work with um, our local bus transit uh, group, DART. Uh, we also have to be concerned with um, churches and other businesses that are open downtown and how we're going to affect the parking lots and street closures and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it takes a long time. Um, you know, Marcus has done a great job and he's worked on it for months with our operations team and really just trying to find something that that is realistic now let's you know i'd also say there too that you know there's going to be still some challenges and some kinks that we've got to work out this year knowing that we are going through some new areas and so there'll be some learnings as we go through race weekend but uh, we feel like we've landed uh, on a great course that will be a lot of fun to run um but uh, yeah it, it, it's definitely um, time consuming and, and something that um, Marcus and the team have spent a better part of the year uh, planning for and, and developing. Yeah, well, and, and I think that, that that's that highlights the, you know, the, the time that goes into putting on a race like this. You know, even though it's been running, you know, like you said, this is the 52nd year. And, and in theory, you're like, in theory, if you didn't know any better. You'd be like, oh, they've been doing this for, for the last 50 odd years. Like it's, you know, it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, but clearly, you know, it's, it, there are aspects of it where you better, you better start planning in, in November of 23 for December of 24, because it, it takes that long to make sure that 
all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed so that you can have the, the type of event that you expect to have. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully where we've landed on the course for this year, that we'll be able to use it for the next, you know, two, three years. I mean, we don't want to change the course every year, obviously, but uh, things always do, you know, come up from time to time. And so we do have to kind of look and see if we need to make any adjustments. Um, you know, over the years, our start finish line area has changed, whether it's been at Dallas City Hall Plaza, like it's currently at, or whether we were at American Airlines Center or even Fair Park. I mean, some of those things change over time as well. But, um, you know, we do have quite a few return runners. And so it is kind of nice to freshen up the course every now and again. But hopefully, um, runners will really enjoy this course. And hopefully, it's something we can stick with for a few years because, um, you know, aside from the runners enjoying it and it working operationally from, you know, sort of a business aspect in, in the heart of downtown, you know, the other side of it too is, you know, with kind of getting all the neighborhoods used to road closures and what to expect and then working with a number of our partners along the course that generally, you know, come out to activate and, and have setups because, you know, you've got, you know, so many different groups that are, are part of this that when you make a major change like the course, it's going to affect so many things. So um, it's been a lot of work this year, but like I said, hopefully we've we've landed on a good course that, that folks are going to enjoy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, getting getting not quite to the finish line yet. Ha ha, finish line, got got that. Um, but but as we're getting close to wrapping up, uh, any any other highlights from, from the race, the weekend, uh, the whole situation that uh, I haven't asked about that you want to make sure to, to mention to folks? Well, you know, we, you know, I was mentioning we've got 12 running and walking events across in the weekend. Um, one event that's also celebrating its 20th anniversary is our Encore Kids Race, which is one of the largest of its kind in the country, uh, started by former Dallas Mayor Laura Miller. Uh, we're excited to welcome 6,000 kids this year. Uh, it's an initiative that um, we've partnered with the city of Dallas to give back and provide uh, kids that have mostly never competed in anything like this an opportunity to come down and um, you know enjoy the grandioso start finish line and and run a one or two mile concept and, and get some food and beverage from our partners and a nice finisher medal. So that's always a fun event that's now part of race weekend. Uh, we've got some great partners on board. Obviously, BMW has been a fantastic title partner of ours for many years. Uh, we've got some exciting partnerships with uh, Eight Beer, which is Troy Aikman's new beer. Uh, we are about to announce uh, a, a new partnership uh, tomorrow, matter of fact, with Turkish Airlines that we're very excited about. And uh, we've got some other great partners in in, in Choctaw Casino and a number of other groups that will really do an incredible job of activating across race weekend and providing just fun experiences across the board, whether it be at our expo, at our start finish line or out on our course. So, um, yeah, we just invite anyone and everyone to come on out and join us second weekend of December um, for a fun weekend. And, and uh, as you mentioned on the, the start of the podcast, everything can be found at rundallas.com. So we look forward to it. Fantastic. And, and the date on that, is it, is it always a second weekend in December? Again, for people that are, I, Lord knows, there's already plenty of people that have a full 2024 calendar. They're already thinking about 2025. Like second weekend in Dallas, that's that's written in stone pretty much? It is. Uh, we've, you know, we've been in the second weekend of December since 1976. Uh, so, 
you know, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, so December the 10th is the date this year. But yeah, I mean, I, I think during our conversation about the course and some other aspects of it, you know, also keeping the race date consistent is important. But yeah, for, for those that can't make it down to Dallas this year, uh, we'd love for you guys to give us a look next year. For sure, for sure. And, and uh, I, again, I, you know, maybe not again, but you, you can obviously never predict the weather. But I, I feel like stereotypically, as a guy who's never lived in, in Texas before, I feel like early Dallas or early December in Dallas, like probably a pretty decent chance for, for some not too hot, not too cold type of, type of uh, running weather. We've been very fortunate the past few years. In our 52 years, we've only had to cancel one time. Um, back in 2013, we had this, this crazy ice storm. Um, you know, Texas weather is unpredictable. Um, we have hot summers and we can have some pretty cold winters. But generally, the, the coldest weather that we uh, experience down here is in February. Uh, so Dallas is kind of on the front side of, uh, of our season, if you will. And, and uh, we've been very fortunate to get some nice temperatures, um, you know, could be in the 40s uh, at the start. And then, um, you know, kind of upper 50s, low 60s uh, by the afternoon. And uh, in my opinion, it's great weather to run. I know everybody has their own opinion on what's their ideal temperature, but um, most of the Texas marathons are in the winter season. Uh, Houston's in, the, or it's in January, and then you've got Austin and, and Fort Worth uh, both in February. But we're on the front side of it, and uh, I've always been pretty fortunate on the weather. So, um, yeah, we, we, we think we're uh, providing a, a, a good time of year to, to come down and, and run and, and have a good time for sure for sure well thanks for the the time today jason and, and one more question before we let you out the door i call this a philosophical question we'll turn it a little bit away from you know the dallas marathon specifically and just kind of uh bring it back to kind of like to open it you know the, the introductory question very open-ended kind of something something for for you to to send us out of here on um but just be curious, you know, you've been been running marathons or, you know, been been kind of this level of running, I guess, more or less for, for like I said, about the last 20 years. First one, 2004. Um, why is running still something that, you know, you, you enjoy doing, still getting out and, and dusting off the, the running shoes once in a while? Obviously, it's still part of a, a big part of your professional life. But um, why do you still enjoy running as much as you do at this point in your life? You know, it just it just makes me feel good. I don't know. Um, you know, like it you know, it's obviously a stress reliever and it allows me some time to clear my head, but I've just really always enjoyed it. And, uh, I just, I feel good after I do it. And, uh, it's one of those things that if I go a long stretch without going for runs, I just, I feel like, uh, you know, my body's just not right. And I don't know. I just, I've just been running for so many years that I just have really enjoyed it. And, and even though I don't get to run as much anymore, um, and, 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 you know, not even, for that long for that matter. But, uh, there's just something about it that, um, just makes me feel good when I'm done and feel like, uh, you know, I've got a little exercise in me, but I've also just been able to kind of clear my mind a little bit. And, um, we live kind of more towards the outskirts of the DFW Metroplex. And so there's just some really nice, uh, calm areas to run in. So it's also just kind of a, a peaceful setting, but yeah, I don't know. I think, as long as my body allows, I'm going to continue to run as long as I can. And I'm just fortunate to be able to do it and just kind of take care of myself. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully just, you know, running has been really good to me over the years and, and, and hopefully I'm going to be able to continue with it for, for many years to come. 
Yeah, Lord knows that's, uh, I think, most, most of us listening, certainly myself, uh, same thing. As long as we can keep going, let's, let's keep going and wish you nothing but uh, many more years and many more miles of, of good running. And y'all, uh, if you want to join uh, Jason in, in Dallas, whether it's, it's this year, whether, whether you know, maybe the race hasn't quite sold out yet, you can sneak into one of the events or certainly put it on your calendar for years in the future. Uh, RunDallas.com, once again, is the website at RunDallas on Twitter, at RunDallasTX on Instagram, uh, DizRuns.com slash 1203. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. Links, photos, the whole nine as per usual. So, uh, Jason, thanks for taking some time this morning. I know it's kind of getting to be uh, crunch time. I'm assuming getting to be crunch time in the lead up to this year's event. So hope uh, these last five, six weeks of preparations and getting everything sorted and situated all goes smoothly. I hope the the event is uh, another great event in the 52-year history and uh, certainly wish you and, and the race nothing but the best in, in uh, you know, year 53 and beyond. But thanks for the time today, Jason, and, and nothing but the best going forward. I appreciate it, Denny. Thanks again for having me, and uh, hopefully we'll see you here in Dallas as well soon. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jason and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Come on, say do it. Do it. Du jour. Uh, for me, it, it boils back to, to, I mean, I, I couldn't even let it go when it first happened, but it was the idea that, that Jason's mom and, and him watching her run and going to her races and just recognizing that that's a regular part of her routine is a major player, major, maybe the major factor, maybe the factor in terms of, of getting him on the path towards becoming a runner. And, and ultimately, you know, all the various twists and turns of life along the way to where, you know, now running is, is obviously a big part of his professional life is in terms of, or as well as, you know, additionally to things that he's done for fun and, and continues to do over the, over the years. Um, but I know we've talked about this before and, and I know it's come up, but, but you know, not just, not just the kids, not just the family members that maybe we we are able to inspire to, to at least open their eyes. I mean, you know, I didn't know anything about running as a kid in, in part because, you know, I guess running booms were still a little bit smaller at that point, but my parents didn't run. There was like four people in town that ran. Um, it just wasn't something that was really out in the open. It's something that, that you saw a bunch of, I don't even know that there were any, 5k races in our town. I mean, maybe there was, I don't know. I don't know. But as runners, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's those memes, right? About how do you know how, you know, about if, if a runner, if somebody is a runner, don't worry, they'll tell you. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I mean, we talk about running and certainly we talk about running to each other and share stories and share race reports and things like that. Um, but I think it's important to, to remember, or at least it's something that I try to, to, to remember, even though I lose sight of it at, at times that people might be watching. You know, and, and obviously, you know, Rebecca and I both run and, and Addison sees us running and, and long runs are part of the weekend routine and getting up early and going for a run is part of the, the daily life. Um, and, and whether or not that ever encourages her to run, inspires her to run, motivates her to run. I mean, you know, wouldn't mind that being the case, but if not, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I, I just, I just think that the, the, you never know who you're inspiring, Right. And maybe it's the neighbors, maybe it's somebody else in the neighborhood, maybe it's somebody else in town that happens to be, you know, driving by when I'm running somewhere and, and, and somehow for some reason, in some way, maybe it's somebody at the grocery store that sees a race shirt and happens to have a conversation or something like that. I mean, I don't know. It didn't happen very often, but you just never know where the seed, where, where, where you being a runner may plant a seed and, and you never know what, what can happen once that seed gets planted. Sometimes nothing happens, Right. But sometimes it sprouts, sometimes it grows, sometimes it, it bears fruit. And, and we all had our, our moment at some point, maybe whether we were kids, um, whether it was in, a, in some level of adulthood, 
where we weren't runners and for some reason we started. Maybe we saw somebody and said, maybe I could do that. Or maybe a friend was like, hey, why don't you come run with me? You're like, oh, I, you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, maybe it was the, the pretty co-ed that was like, hey, come run the lake with me. And she kept running back and forth and teasing you. And now you're married to her. I don't know. Personal story, maybe. Anyway, point being, you just never know who you're inspiring from, from people within your household, to people within your town, to, to people on your Facebook feed that you don't even really know, but they're friends enough that they see your posts and they're like, you know, I've been seeing... I've been seeing Denny post his running stuff long enough. Maybe I, you know, you never know is the moral of the story. So I just think it's, I think it's awesome that, uh, obviously that we do what we do, that we love what we do, but it's really awesome. The impact it can have on our kids, on our significant others, on other folks in our family, other folks in our local community, um, other folks around the world, just, just from going for running, you know, going for a run. So that's my takeaway. Keep doing it. Keep getting out the door or, you know, keep getting on the treadmill if you're, if you're Thessaly, um, because you never know who you might inspire. You never know whose life might change, hopefully for the better, because they saw you run or they heard you talk about running. Um, so keep on keeping on, I guess is, is my takeaway. And, and certainly as is often the case, a good reminder for myself to, to keep on keeping on, keep, keep doing the thing right? Not that I had any plans on stopping, but even more so now. Keep on keeping on. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What, what stood out to you from today's episode? Maybe there was something else, maybe something along the similar lines. Uh, if you're willing to share it, let me know at DizRuns on Twitter and X and Instagram and threads and whatever other social media is coming down the pipe. Uh, DizRuns at gmail.com. I don't see that ever going away, so you can always shoot me an email there. And of course, if you want to head back to the show notes for today, we're at DizRuns.com slash 1203. 1203 for the show notes for today. Links, photos, the whole nine, including that comment section down at the bottom. Feel free to fill that in and let me know what stood out to you from today's episode. One last call for coaching, at least for now, at least for today. You know, again, if, you, if you're ready to jump on board, let's do it. Let's do it. Dizruns.com slash coaching is a great place to get you started. Uh, any questions from there, just let me know. We'll get you sorted. Dizruns.com slash coaching. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Jason and I with you today. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.